right, uh, welcome into a losing edition of Chatterbox Reds, but it's not a no-hit edition. It's not a no-hit edition. If you went to bed early, consider yourself lucky. Uh, consider yourself lucky. The Reds lose 6-1 to one, uh, to the San Francisco Giants. One hit. I mean, if, if you can't laugh about it, then come on, man. Lighten up a little bit. One hit? I mean, what do you want from us? What do you want from me? I've been been trying my best for a week now to sit here and try to give myself a little bit of hope, a little bit of belief, a little bit of just pure sanctimony that we might be a good baseball team still. I said we were five feet deep yesterday. We are five feet, ten inches. But we're not dead yet. (laughs) I'm telling you, we're not dead yet. It feels like we're dead. Maybe we are dead. But boy, oh boy, let me tell you right now, we're not dead yet. Two, two back, Nick. Uh, obviously, this is not a show where people want there to be much optimism. So I don't know how much optimism we want to provide. I think that this is probably the day that we get hate mail if we say that everything is okay. Because it's not okay. It's not okay. Uh, it's just not. This team's just, uh, they're making us all sad. They're making us realize that perhaps what we used to have might have been fool's gold. Just a little bit. Could have been crypto. Some are calling it crypto. Some are calling it. Some are calling it Sil- Silicon Valley Bank of the Midwest. Uh, of course, that's not me saying that. I've just heard rumors about it. So let's do a box score recap and then let's get into the game. Oh, box score recap. Let's do it. All right. Well, Brandon Williamson gave up five runs, and uh, I tell you, at least for Williamson's sake, pretty tough five runs to give up. Only three of them were earned. Uh, his five runs tonight came off of a balk that was interesting, uh, a double that had a .010, that's a .10 expected batting average, a wild pitch, then an air, and then a home run that bounced off of TJ's Frito glove and over the fence. Uh, when I saw that one, that's when I knew things were going uh, really, really poorly for the Reds. Uh, Reds did avoid getting no hit, though. How about that? Uh, Nixon Zell grinded out a walk. In the, the top of the ninth, and then uh, Spencer Steer smoked double to at least uh, keep the Reds uh, out of the goose egg. Reds lose 6-1. Uh, Reds uh, will be two games back, most likely, unless Arizona comes back from their 9-1 deficit to the L.A. Dodgers. But the Reds do lose the tiebreaker to the uh, the Giants, so that's not not good. No. There's not a whole lot of things that are good right now. And if we're being honest, Nick, I don't know if these tiebreakers are going to even really matter at the end of the year. The rate this is going, of course. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, almost no hits, the very first topic. What else is there more to say? Okay. Um, I really don't want to make excuses. I don't know if their excuses need to be made. This team is who we thought they were about a week and a half ago to a certain extent. I think that there's other important things to talk about. I think that I can see it on there. It is the waiver wire. Uh, there's some interesting topics of conversation around that. I don't really know. And again, I don't want to breeze past this. I'm not trying to to, 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 to try to, like I said, uh, stuff maybe all of our problems in the closet and, and act like there's nothing wrong. But I just don't think there's a whole lot to really be discussed. I really don't. You can't fix it. You just can't fix it. The only way to get it fixed right now, Nick, is if some of these guys somehow, some way, uh, can find some confidence. And there's really only one thing that I can think of, 
and that's probably to take the Tracy Jones experiment down there in San Fran. Just just let it rip. Just go out. I, I, I Just go out tonight. That's what I'd do. Go out tonight. Just go and get plastered. Wake up. Don't even go to bed, actually. Don't even go to bed. Make sure that when you get on the plane on the way home, you're going to get the best sleep you've ever had because you're as tired as they get. That's about the only thing I can think of at this point that might make things better. You don't look like you agree with that. Yeah, I, it's what it is. I I don't know. I mean, you know, you kind of think about, you know, like back to the the 12 game win streak and how, how did that happen? Well, that happened because the Reds got really, really hot and they had a lot of good fortune go their way. Well, when you're playing like this, what happens? Well, you're playing really, really bad. You have a lot of things not go your way. You have a lot of injuries. It's just, it's always a combination of, of everything that that's, um, you know, why the Reds are where they're at right now. Um, are the Reds going to dig themselves out of this hole and get to the playoffs? Probably not. I mean, let's be real. Um, but I, I don't know. I also didn't think the Reds had a great shot, uh, a great bona fide shot on August 1st. So really, yeah, it's less than that, but it, it's, you know, this was part of the the possibilities with your young guys uh, slowing down at the end of the year. It was always a possibility, and anyone who well, didn't think that was was not being fair to these players. And then you, you top that on top of injuries, and that's that's where they are. That's what's no, happening. That's, fair. that's a fair take. It's a fair take. I think the only thing that uh, that I'd say about that as well is just you know the injury bug, if you want to call it that, has hit the wrong guys at the wrong time. I think we haven't given Jonathan Indy enough credit. I think that's one guy that we've glossed over for a long time right now. We used to make fun of the whole leadership thing, and and, and let's be honest, if I if I put my hand up. Um, am I going to sit here and say that I think Jonathan India has to be a part of this team for the future? I'm not, but I will admit um, with a straight face that I think he's he's obviously missed. He's, he's clearly missed. Um, Jake Fraley, missed. No Matt McClain, no Jake Fraley, no Jonathan India, no chance. How about that? What do you think about that? No, That's where I'm no, at. No, no July Votto, I mean... Yeah, you know, right. Like all the the players that were carrying the Reds, like even Will Benson, he's been struggling of late. A guy that had been, you know, absolutely incredible for two months, he's struggling right now. I mean, it's just every single player outside of uh, the one guy that got a hit tonight uh, has a below average uh, weighted runs created plus in August. Every single one of them. So like, that is what it is. That's it's just your 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 young players. I don't know if they got worn down, but they they slowed down. Yeah, I mean, listen. Here's the other thing that I want to bring up. You just said that uh, when things are going bad or, you know, right now they had some good fortune earlier this year with the 12-game win streak, and then now they're kind of having some bad fortune. Well, some of that's just making plays. I mean, with all due respect, in the first inning, we got to get some momentum here. We got to have a little bit of big mo on our side. We got to get a lead. We got to we got to play we got to get we got to get a lead and in, in, in a you know get some confidence. This team goes down one nothing, two nothing early and now it feels like the game's over whereas before it felt like oh who gives a damn? They're going to come back and win. That's genuinely how we felt and clearly that's how the guys in the in the clubhouse felt. Clearly. Um our right fielder has to make a play in the first inning. He just does. It's a huge play. It's a huge play. Um and again, I'm not trying to crush Nick Senzel all the time, man. I'm just really not. And, and it's not just Nick Senzel. It's all, it's, it's all these guys. Marte's got to make that play in the hole. You extend innings. You give extra outs. That's what bad teams do. That's what this team is right now. They're a bad team. 
You can call it whatever you want. They're a bad team. And uh, if, if you're disappointed, that's cool. Understand. But at least if we're going to call a spade, let's call it a spade. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Let's not sit here and act like uh, this team isn't, 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 isn't playing up to their standard. I think this, play, this team, quite honestly, if you take this exact same roster right now, you stick them on the diamond and you tell them to play 162 games, they probably do win 60 games. They might lose 100 games. That's how I, I genuinely think that's how bad this team could be because they're missing a large, a plethora amount of pieces that made this team what they used to be. So, again, am I sitting here trying to make excuses because of the injury bug? I'm not making excuses. I'm just presenting facts. I'm just presenting opportunities to understand why it is the way it is now. Um, I get people in the chat. I understand that if you think the season's over, I understand if you think it's dead. I completely understand that belief. When you watch this team, there's a little to no energy. There's little to no energy. Like it or not, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but somebody on this team has to step up and, and remind these guys that it isn't over. It's it truly is, as terrible as it seems. At the end of the Cubs series, these guys could be in the playoffs. No matter what happens tomorrow. Even if they were to lose tomorrow, Nick. It's possible that at the end of the Cubs series, if they played really well, and heaven forbid they swept the Cubs, they'd still be probably right there on the borderline of being in the playoffs. So to sit here and say the season's over is a little premature. But to say that things are going down a path that you can believe that they're going to be a part of the postseason, of course, that's where everybody gets lost. I completely understand that too. There's got to be some leadership, and I've and and and, and that's a fair that's a fair. Uh, I don't know if criticism's the the right word here, but I think that's a fair criticism of a manager. Um, like it or not, you can say if you're going to give David Bell credit on the front end of when the when the when things were fun and enjoyable, and you gave him credit because. He let the guys be a little loose and he let them play free and they were these kind of free spirits in the diamond. I think it's fair now to say, hey, is there a way that David Bell can try to re-energize these guys and get them to get them to relax and play a little bit better? I think it's overhyped both ways, personally. But if you're a guy on the front end, Nick, that was giving David Bell a ton of credit, then I think it's fair to say, okay, we need David Bell to do something to help these guys out. At the end of the day, I think they're grown-ass men. They, they put their pants on. Uh, the same way that every other adult does, and they make executive decisions in their lives, most like other adults. I don't know if David Bell is going to be able to convince grown men to be able to play better. However, that's where we're at, and I, I like to think that maybe somehow, some way, somebody can lighten the mood. Somebody's got to lighten the mood. I don't know who it is, but it just it has to happen. Johnny Gomes, as much as we want to make fun of Johnny Gomes and all that, but that's the kind of energy you kind of need sometimes to keep a clubhouse free if you want to call it that. I don't know who that guy is. I think Ellie was that guy at the beginning. I don't know if that's the case now because he's playing so poorly. Yeah, I mean, just you, you, someone has to get hot. That's your... But no one's... everyone. Just about everyone's ice cold right now. Right. So, uh, it, really quick, uh, go ahead if you want to add anything to that thing. I mean, it's just... It, it just I, I would just encourage you, really look at the box score and look at the names up and down the lineup. It's bad. Everyone's a young player, or it's Nick Martini. I mean, <laughs> don't Nick, don't miss Nixon Zell. Uh, I mean, Nixon Zell has no business playing against a right-handed pitcher. Uh, he's only there because of a, 
a filler day at this point. I mean, the sad thing is he had the two best, two two of the yeah. better bats in the yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. So shout out, shout out, Nixon Zell. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Uh, all right, let's talk about Brandon Williamson. I thought he threw the ball well. I know, I know, I know. I'm going to start being that Brandon Williamson stand guy. Everyone's going to be like, "Oh, no matter what, Trey sticks up for Brandon Williamson." No, I'm just. I, I think that if he had a defense that's actually somewhat capable behind him, I thought his 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 uh, his line tonight would have looked a lot better. When you're when you're outfielder uh, in right field, it doesn't catch a fly ball that would have ended an inning, and you're out there for you know two or three extra hitters, and you give up some runs, then uh, then of course the box score is going to look bit, a little bit different, Nick. Um, Marte gave him an extra out, like I mentioned before. Overall, I thought Brandon Williamson competed, and if anything, if you want to be proud of something, you've brought this up numerous times. Brandon Williamson in the past, at least when he was in the, in, in the minor leagues, would fall apart in a situation where his right fielder doesn't catch a ball in the first inning. I mean, complete, when I say fall apart, I mean completely fall apart. Start walking guys left and right. That didn't happen, uh, so give Brandon Williamson some credit there. I, I don't have any problem with Brandon Williamson, quite frankly. I don't, he's, he's not the issue. Well, when the season started, we thought on August 30th, we'd be talking about guys like Brandon Williamson and how they're developing this year. And we thought that would be the most important thing right now. Um, the Reds have stayed in a race, which has become front and center, obviously. But Brandon Williamson and his development is still incredibly important. Um, and he pitched he pitched really well tonight. Uh, There's only three earned runs. I did not walk a batter. Didn't walk a single batter. His his strikeout to walk ratio it was like four and twenty seven over the last like four starts. So add another five and zero tonight. He's just been awesome. Um, a night where nothing went his way, as you said. He still got through six innings, and there hasn't been many starters that have come even sniffed six innings recently. So I thought it was a great performance by him. All things considered, uh, I think he's just continuing to to. Um, get better and get more confident almost with every start. And he's looking like a, a legitimate piece. Uh, and that's going to be one of the, uh, the best things that happened this season is, is Brandon Williamson coming out of nowhere and uh, becoming a legitimate pitcher for the Reds. Yeah. I mean, he's still a guy though, for being to be honest, uh, you know, I, I, I like to think that you can count him in the future, but the scary part about baseball is you just never know. We'll see if Brandon Williamson can keep this up, especially you get a full off season to sit on what you've done. Does that change anything? Maybe he gets better. I'm not trying to downplay it, but I'm just saying maybe he gets better, but it's never a guarantee. But it is nice to see Brandon Williamson maybe overachieve uh, for the short term here in his major league career. All right. Uh, the waiver wire is an interesting one. This is uh, this kind of sent shockwaves, I think, through the Twitterverse. There was a there was a plethora of guys that, that came onto the, the waiver wire today, Nick, and the list is long. And quite honestly, somewhat lucrative. If you want to run through the names, and then uh, we can kind of get into the waiver wire uh, opportunities that the Reds may be presented with. Yeah, the, this was uh, definitely a surprise. You know, this is always kind of a possibility, but this many big names, especially all from from one team, that that's uh, um, a, a little different. Uh, give me one second here. I'm I'm trying to pull up. Uh, uh, shout out to Reds fan man who uh, I can't find it. Uh, he had the uh, the the good breakdown of exactly. Yeah, while you're finding that, I'll, I'll run through. I, I, I'll, I'll run through who's on waivers yeah. if you want to. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Lucas Giolito, obviously the guy Giolito. Everybody that wanted at the trade deadline uh, coming from the White Sox, obviously went over to the Angels, and then you got Matt Moore, uh, relief pitcher. 
Ronaldo Lopez, Hunter Renfro, a guy that I wouldn't mind having. Randall uh, Grichuk, hopefully I'm not mispronouncing these names. Harrison Bader, Carlos Carrasco, and then obviously Clevenger uh, and Cisnero. Clevenger and Cisnero, um, I don't know much about Cisnero. I would assume Clevenger is not really much of a high commodity item unless unless the Reds are in a spot where you know, financially they think that makes more sense and they're just trying to fill spots. But, but, uh, your overall, uh, I, I guess position here on the, on the waiver wire and hopefully, uh, you found what you're looking for. Yeah. So the, the deadline for this is, uh, uh, Thursday, uh, any, any, uh, claims have to be made. So here's basically running it down. So, um, a team can submit a claim for any and all players on waivers, but there's no turning back. This is uh, an article from Fangraphs. So, for example, the Reds wanted to claim every single player that's listed. They can do that, but if no one else claims any of those players, you get every single one of them. There's no, you know, you return them. So, it, it's it's kind of a situation where you're going to have to. Um, unless you have really good relationships with other front offices, I don't know exactly, you know, if there's other, if you, if you have certain guys that you're friends with that you're kind of sharing some information or not, I, I really honestly don't know. I've never heard of a situation like this. And I don't think many people in baseball have, it's a very different type situation, but you're going to have to kind of most likely blindly pick the guys that, that you want. Um, and uh, hope that you pick the right ones because you could pick just two and they both get claimed before you and then you get no one. Um, that's that's kind of how this works. So the, the order is uh, in, in terms of uh, a worst record at the moment. So realistically, the only team that has a worse record than the Reds that is most likely looking to add players is the Marlins, but the Marlins fell to 500 tonight as well. So they also took on some salary at the deadline. So it's kind of un- unclear how much they um, might want to add or, 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 uh, or not add. You also could have some other teams that are maybe out of a race that just say, Hey, I, you know, maybe I'll take Lucas Giolito. Um, he's owed about a little over a million dollars for the rest of the year. Um, we could just use some pitching to get us to the finish line. And maybe we use it as like a recruiting, you know, type situation where, we give him a chance to get in our organization. He's a free agent at the end of the year, you know, things like that. So it, it's really going to be interesting. Obviously the Reds definitely need to take some shots. I mean, most of these players are, are less than a million dollars. I think the max was like $2 million. I mean, that's not a whole lot in baseball terms and you're not giving up anything. And so it's totally different than the whole, um, you know, trade deadline where you're having to, you know, give away valuable prospects. This is, so if you want to be mad, be mad if the Reds don't, don't, in my opinion, be mad if the Reds do nothing here. Um, if it comes out that they just decide, hey, we're not going to go anywhere, that would that would make me pretty upset, to be honest. Um, if they did nothing here, because this is doesn't change the plan, doesn't change the future. This is literally just money, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, I was going to ask a quick question about the forty man. I, I assume they have to be on the forty man roster. Is that going to make a huge impact on, on that situation or not? I don't know. I genuinely, that's more of a question. I. I, I, I like I said, I have no idea. I'd assume that that's the only impact it could make outside of financial dollars is the forty-man roster and what that could look like and how that how that could be impactful. Well, just looking at the Reds' forty-man roster, they have Alan Boosnitz on the forty-man roster. Um, they have Brett Kennedy still on the forty-man roster. They still have. Um, 
uh, Alejo Lopez is currently on the 40 man roster. Got called up. Shout out Alejo. Yeah. Um, Kevin Newman, Nick Senzel, you know, the list goes on. TJ right. Hopkins. All right, I've heard enough. Nick I've heard Martin. enough. I've heard yeah, enough. There's I've plenty of 40 man guys you can All get right. rid of. That's heard enough. Issue. Yep. Got plenty of room. Got plenty of room. Uh, we just opened up. We opened up the uh, the storage unit and realized that we had plenty of space. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, Harrison Bader is a guy that smashes left-handed pitching. Um, without Elite question, without question, immediately could make a better option than I could argue three guys um, in the outfield. That is. So you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what exactly the Reds plan on intend of doing. But let's be clear: if they don't do anything at all, Nick. We should be pissed. We should be pissed. We sat on this show before and said, listen, this front office is in a position where we're going to trust them, this, that, and the other. We're in a position now where if they decide they don't want to do anything, it's kind of a direct, it is, and I hate to say this because it's just going to be so blunt. It is a direct reflection on ownership. And you can maybe say that the, the front office a little bit with, with Crawl and, and the gang. I would, I would highly be. I guess I'm not saying for sure that Crawl wouldn't say that he wants any of these guys, but Crawl wants these guys. Like, there's no doubt that Crawl yeah. is probably looking at this list and saying, we could take probably three or four of these guys. Will they will they pony up the money? They should based off what they said. Now, you've said before, maybe if they could do it all over again, they wouldn't have said the things that they said at the deadline. But you remember, I remember, everyone else should remember. I want to remind everyone that they had mentioned that the Reds fans – us, us, put your hand in the air if you're a Reds fan. You allowed this team to have some financial freedom at the deadline. They chose not to use it because they did not want to actually overspend, which is fine. I'm fair. I'm I'm cool with that. But now we're in a position where if if these guys don't get picked up from a waiver wire perspective before they're up, and you said it before, the only team that I could think of would be the Marlins, and and I, and there was one other team that was the Padres. The Padres were another team. Again, what the Padres would end up doing with them, I don't know, but I could see the Padres still being like, oh, we're still in it. You, you bastards have been at it for two months. You can sit here and convince yourself. If you think that you are, okay, go ahead. If you want to convince yourself. You know, I mean, the, the, the Padres could do it, though. That's the thing. The Padres could could be the, the folks uh, that are, you know, I'll keep it a kid show, but that's here nor there. All right, so... There's plenty of guys. We'll see what they do. Nick, when do, when do decisions have to be made by these teams? Do you know that? Like, is there a time? Is there a timetable on these? Is a clock? So I, I think I don't know the exact time, but I, I know Friday is the the deadline. So I think teams are figuring out right now who they want to write down on their. I mean, I'm sure there's a computer system that yes. they use. They who who that what names they want to put on there. They're probably trying to guess who the teams in front of them will do. But the thing that makes this interesting is this was, I couldn't believe when I read this earlier today, the teams don't know where they're at in the waiver order until the end of the night on Thursday, <laughs> because teams could still flip flop. Uh, so the Reds at this point, I don't think the Reds can catch the Giants. The Reds are two behind the Giants, right? And the Reds would lose the tiebreaker to the Giants because the tiebreaker would be a record last year. So because the Reds sucked last year, they win the tiebreaker with everyone. Yeah, um, big prize there. Um, in Arizona, I guess they maybe could pass Arizona still. There'll be a game and a half behind Arizona. So, But it's it's unlikely. So it's pretty much the Marlins. Well, they're not going to claim two guys, too. Like I mean, let, let's be honest. Bader and or Hunter Renfro should be available. 
I, possible. I, I, I mean, the Marlins could probably use every single guy too. That's the the. And there's other teams that could also besides the Marlins, but the Reds could also. Reds lose tomorrow. Marlins lose. Reds and Marlins are tied, and the Reds win 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 the tiebreaker with the Marlins. So that that makes it weird. But if you lose, then you're like three games out of a play. It's it's, it's this really weird like situation yeah. where you, you you lose, you get a better player, but that loss is probably worth more than the player you'd get, you know? So it's a weird, weird situation right now. You know, ownership, I, I got a question. I, I'm curious what the chat would say. Maybe I'll put it here as a poll question really quickly. But, you know, as many people in the chat that want to say this ownership group isn't going to spend the money, blah, 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 they're cheap, this, that, and the other. This ownership group, I, I got to keep reminding you, and I'm not trying to be a stand for these folks because I think that they stink. Um, and I'm talking about just from a personal personality standpoint. They've spent money, people. Okay? They've spent money. They've just spent some money in some bad spots. Let's not sit here and act like they, 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 that there's no chance they're going to spend the money. Okay? There's a chance they spend the money. And, in fact, I'd argue if they had a half of a brain, they'd use this as a PR stunt a situation and go out and get a couple guys. And, 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 and Phil would come out and say, no, we're, 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 we got an opportunity to not sell the farm, and we believe that we can still win this thing, and we're going to go after it. That's what they should do. If somebody wants to send that, if somebody wants to send that right up to the old uh, head man for the Cincinnati Reds, old Bobby C and Philly C, then uh, then they should do that. That is the best PR move they could possibly make is to come out and say, we still believe in our plan. We're not going to trade our prospects. We're not going to oversell. But if we have a chance to, to help improve this team, we're going to do it. And we're going to put some put some financial dollars towards these guys, and we hope that we can find a way to, pay, to make the postseason. Simple as that. I don't know if they're going to do it or not, but uh, but I, I I do think they're going to. Maybe I'm over. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic. We'll find out. Uh, so Friday's the day we we ultimately get to find that out, and that's also the day that uh, that you have to. I think you have to be on the forty man to be able to be a part of the postseason rosters. Um, so it's all going to happen fast. It's all going to happen fast, and you'd assume that the Reds will will be in the stakes or the sweepstakes for some of these guys. Um, did I say did I say Friday? It's Thursday. Okay. Yeah. So, but I'm saying they, but to be clear, they will need to have them on the 40 man by Friday to yeah. be a part of the postseason roster, which they will. They'll have time. Probably why I would assume that the that the uh, waiver wire situation is the way that, the way that it is. And to make it even more fun, uh, the Reds on Friday will have a 29 man roster because they get two players for the uh, September extra roster and yeah. it's double header. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I, I see some people in the chat. Listen, I, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to crush anybody here, but let's, let's, let's pump the brakes on sitting here acting like it's 100% over. Uh, do I think that it is over? Come on. I mean, it doesn't look great right now, But we've counted this team out before, and they found a way to come back. The only the only caveat is is that we we we're, we're missing a lot of the guys that we've come to expect. But as crazy as this sounds, as crazy as this sounds, if they can find a way to win tomorrow, um, which I guess in turn is basically today here on the East Coast that so we sit here at twelve thirty one in the morning. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I feel somewhat somewhat decent about it, I guess. I don't feel great, but I, I'm not going to sit here and act like the season's over. I mean, it didn't look great when they rolled the ball out on opening day. <laughs> didn't look great on 
May 1st. No. Didn't really look all that great on June 1st, right? I mean, right. like, like mo- most of the season, it hasn't looked good. So it looked good for about, you know, I don't know, six weeks. Right. But there's still two out. It's incredible, but. All right. Um, let's do some Reds MILB, and then we'll obviously do the who, what, when, where, and why, which is not all that great of news, if we're being honest. If you're looking for some sympathy, if you're, if you're looking for some brownie points here at the end of this show, uh, the Giants don't really have that in mind. All right, Reds MILB presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Uh, Louisville lost 4-3. Casey Legomina allowed a walk-off single. Bats are 65-60 and 60 on the season. Jake Fraley. Uh, made his uh, first rehab game, planning to play um, on Tuesday night, uh, tonight if you're watching, yesterday if you're listening, and uh, plenty to play again on Wednesday and then join the Reds on Friday. Fraley was 0-4 with a strikeout. I did see his first two at-bats. Uh, he looked really comfortable, I will say that, from at least the first two bats. Did hit one ball, um, I believe almost to the warning track. So overall, I mean, looked pretty comfortable. That's the most important thing. Uh, Trey Mancini was one for four. He had a single at 98 miles an hour. Uh, Jose Barrero, 0 for three, did hit one, though, at 103.4. Christian Roa uh, got the start. He was okay. Four innings, two earned runs, walked four, struck out four. TJ Antone, though, I'm assuming he might be added on Friday with that extra bullpen arm. Uh, He pitched another scoreless inning, one walk, one strikeout, so good to see there. And then, uh, uh, of course, Henry Ramos was three for four, hit his 10th home run, home run off a lefty. Um, and I should also mention Jake Fraley's first couple at bats were against the lefty as well um, tonight. Uh, Chattanooga, uh, they lost 9 7 to Pensacola, but Blake Dunn hit his 21st home run of the season. Uh, Reese Hines was 0 for 4 with a walk. And then uh, the Dayton Dragons, they did win 6 to 5. A great moment late in this game. Carlos Jorge uh, hit a two run home run in the top of the ninth. The Dragons were down 5 4 at the time. It was uh, Carlos Jorge's first home run since getting promoted. Uh, Dragons, they improved to 61 and 60 on the season. They kind of are hanging around in their playoff race, three and a half back in the Midwest League East Division uh, second half race. Um, Edwin Arroyo, 0 for 4 with a walk. Uh, Sal Stewart, 1 for 4 with a stolen base. Carlos Jorge, of course, 2 for 4. Hector Rodriguez, 2 for 4. And then Austin Hendrick hit two home runs. So so good to see that. Uh, the Daytona Tortugas were rained out. But one other note, uh, Reds. Uh, announced that number six ranked prospect Chase Petty. He's got a 1.95 ERA over 16 starts this season. And uh, the 2021 number 35 overall pick catcher Matt Nelson are promoted to double A Chattanooga. Chattanooga, of course, already clinched uh, the uh, first half playoff spot. So I'm assuming they're going to let uh, uh, Petty and uh, Nelson get a little uh, maybe playoff experience. So that'll be cool to see. Good to see Chase Petty getting up to double A before this year ends um, a guy that I'm just super, super high on. I think can be a bona fide uh, uh, top of the rotation pitcher for the Reds in the future. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, Reds obviously played tomorrow. Um, they got a chance to salvage the series, at least uh, only, only drop one game back from uh, the giants from when they first started the series, which is a big, which is a big game. Like it or not, it's still a big game, Nick. I know it feels gross, but at the same time, we've said that for what was, seems like way too long. Now I've used the word gross way too much on this stream the last week um, in the podcast, but here's the thing. 
it's a lot different, as we all know. I know that this isn't all that this isn't all that high level math, but dropping three games uh, is a gut punch. You win tomorrow, you only drop one. Huge game tomorrow. Hey, win tomorrow. You have a five and five road trip uh, to uh, L.A., Arizona, and then back to California to San Francisco, and that was uh, ten games in nine days, right? Yeah. So I mean. I, as bad as this it was, and you pointed out, you know, the wins came against the team that you weren't chasing, which which does stink. Right. You still can't really ask for much more than a five and five road trip in those cities, pretty much any time you ever play it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. It, it all comes tomorrow. down to meaningful series. All comes down to meaningful series. If this team can find a way to start winning some more meaningful series, and by meaningful, we all know they mean all. But you get my point. Anytime we go head to head with somebody, and we're due for it. We're due for it, okay? If we can find a way to scrape one out tomorrow, we're due for it. Just trust me on that. Trust me, all right? Who, what, when, where, and why, Nick? All right, 3.45 tomorrow. Uh, Interesting start time for a Wednesday. Reds will be going up against Logan Webb. Leads Major League Baseball in innings pitched at 174.1. He's got the best walk rate in the National League, 1.39. However, his last two starts, he does have a 7.15 ERA. That's the good news. The bad news is they both came against the Braves. I'm assuming he'll probably feel a little more confident uh, against the Reds than that uh, Braves lineup that he just faced. Um, also not good. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is a good thing. You know, we, we said all these numbers that, that sounded good and then it didn't come to fruition. Logan Webb has got a career 0.90 ERA in 20 innings against the Reds. So they're due. All right, Hunter Green, he's never faced the Giants in his career. Uh, Paul DeYoung is the only active Giant to face him. He's 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. Uh, Need a big start from Hunter Green. What more can you say? Boy, do we ever. Boy, do we ever. But as I said before, I'll say it again. Still hope, people. Still hope. Like it or not, there's still hope. Not dead yet. Got a chance, scrape one out tomorrow, come back home, get a day off. No more late games. Done with that. Done with the late games. Thank the Lord Jesus himself. I still think we got a chance. I feel just as bad as you do, trust me. If you're listening to this car, uh, listen on the podcast on the way into work, you got your hot coffee, don't spill it on your lap, okay? This team has a chance. They do. It feels god-awful right now. But we got sent a miracle. We got sent a miracle. Just like Jesus rose from the dead, this Reds team can rise from the dead because of some angels. We need some angels, and we got them. Don't forget the angels won the deadline. Don't forget the angels won the trade deadline. You know who else got, you know who else got props? You know who else got props? The Marlins, because their ownership group was willing to spend some money. How's that doing for them? We got an angel, boys. They just happened to be out in L.A., and they released half their team, and we need all of them. We'll see if the Reds can pick them up. If they decide not to pick any of them up, I will get on this I will get on this uh, chat, I will get on this podcast, and I will get on the stream. However you are, wherever you're at, and however you listen, I can promise you this. I will be ranting and raving and screaming and yelling and telling everybody how bad Phil and Bob are. But it's going to be one hell of a, it's going to be one hell of a season 
when Giolito is shoving for your Cincinnati Reds for absolutely nothing. Nothing but a little bit of coin, Nick. Nothing but a little bit of coin. Didn't have to give up nobody for him. Now that's big brain thinking. That's big brain thinking. I'm trying to make you a little bit happier. I'm trying to lighten the mood. I'm trying to get you in a little bit of a better mood. You stayed up late. You're staying up late. You're mad at the chat. You're arguing in the chat. You're like, ah, this team's dead. We suck. This, that, and the other. Hey, live a little bit. Feel good about yourself. You know what I'm saying? You're still alive, baby. You're still alive. You're breathing air. You could be dead. You could be dead. You're not dead. At least yet you're not. And neither are the Reds. Okay? Can we all agree on that? And if you don't want to agree with it, that's fine too. Just make sure you like the stream. All right. I'm going to say this once and I'll say it a thousand times. Go check out Kyle Kasky, the C-Box Clicker. Came on tonight. It's a good show. I think it's going to be a slam dunk once the season gets going. The Chatter. Dudes are funny. Check them out. New podcast. All the podcast platforms. And Off the Bench with Trace Fowler. Report on Tom. His situation. Got a little bit of news from him today. We'll let you know about that tomorrow. And who knows where that show's going to go. It almost got us canceled today. But you know what? We're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep it rolling. And as always, we got to promote our own stuff here. Chatterbox Reds. Chatterbox Reds. I can't tell you how much we love you. Don't give up hope, man. Hold on just a little bit longer. Squeeze a little bit tighter. Feel it. You got to be it. You got to be it. Go Reds. We'll see you tomorrow.